Good Tuesday afternoon, guys. My name is Jerry Miller, and thank you kindly for joining us on the I Love Seville show. It's great to connect with you through um, our network. We are live in downtown Charlottesville in our studio on Market Street. What are we, Judah? 100 yards from the police station, from the Charlottesville police station? Maybe 150 yards? Something like that. A block away from the Admiral County Courthouse, the city of Charlottesville Courthouse. A block off the downtown mall. We're a mile from the John Paul Jones Arena, Scott Stadium, and Thomas Jefferson's University of Virginia. We're in the heartbeat of, of our community, and we love being here. What we try to do with the talk show is relay topics that are tied to Charlottesville, either from a macro or micro level, and just discuss a community, Charlottesville, Albemarle County, and Central Virginia, which we love dearly. One of our companies is called I Love Seville. And for those that watch the program, um, I Love Seville is very much not only a focus on Charlottesville City, but Albemarle and Central Virginia as well. I encourage you, Judah encourages you, the viewer and listener, to be a part of the discussion. We want you to be a part of the discussion. Leave comments in the comment section about the, the topics that we're discussing and help us, challenge us, ask us questions, push us to be better broadcasters and hosts. Um, offer perspective that we're not considering, please. All Judah and I would like um, is, is to be the water cooler of content. Um, take a look at the screen for some of the topics we'll cover today. Um, I found this topic, I saw it on one of the uh, social sites, and I found it provocative and wanted to pick the brain of Judah and uh, pick the brain of you and the, the viewer and listener. What millennial behaviors will Gen Zers kill first? Gen Zers and millennials um, clash on a number of things. <laughs> they clash on in-person work, working in the office. They clash on craft beer. Gen Zers are drinking alcohol at a much lower clip than millennials. And the alcohol Gen Zers are drinking data shows is, a, uh, is, 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 is not craft beer. It's more seltzers. Hmm. Um, we'll talk about that on the, uh, on the, pro- on the program. Food and uh, beverage, wellness and technology are topics I want to talk, talk today. I want to talk about this article in the Daily Progress about Airbnb giving the one-finger salute, the middle finger to the city of Charlottesville and Amaral County. And the city of Charlottesville and Almaro County is at the mercy of a multi-billion dollar company and just takes the crumbs that Airbnb sends them without any clarity if the crumbs being sent tax revenue-wise are the full loaf of bread or just a mere few slices of the loaf. We'll talk about that today. We'll talk Timmy Showalter. Someone tell uh, Tim Showalter we're going to give him some props today. The 2023... UVA Innovator of the Year. I mean, this is a big-time honor for the friend of the program, Dr. Tim Showalter. Innovator of the Year at the University of Virginia. That's impressive. Um, Best French fries in the area on today's show. A lot of good options. Mm -hmm. Riverside High Street comes to mind as a fantastic French fry, Judah. That's the first thing that comes to mind for me. The uh, French fries um, at Riverside are... I love the shoestring fries. Oh, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, we'll, we'll dissect which eateries have the best French fries, and I hope you have more than just Riverside. 
that you're going to suggest on today's talk show. NC State and the University of Virginia, 7 o'clock tomorrow. John Paul Jones Arena, ACC Network has that broadcast. Um, an important basketball game for Virginia, a home basketball game, a team that seems to have found a new dynamic um, with Dante Harris and uh, Jordan Minor getting significant minutes. Dante Harris, a fantastic perimeter defender, and Jordan Minor giving the team some interior toughness and rebounding and, and scoring in the paint, um, something that was not really uh, prevalent um, until a week ago, a week and a half ago, when Miner started getting minutes. We'll weave Judah Wickhauer in on a uh, two-shot, the director and producer of the show. First topic, if you want to put the lower third on screen, if you could, my friend, what millennial behaviors will Gen Z kill first? And this has, uh, we're going to relate this to Charlottesville as well on today's talk show. I think the first thing we need to do if, as you have the lower third up and you, and you weave us in on a two-shot, J-Dubs, is um, put the generational graph on screen for the viewers and listeners. Um, put that graph on screen and let us know the years, the range for Gen Zers and Millennials, if you could, please, sir. Let's see. Millennials range from 1981 to 1996. 81 to 96 is the millennial? Yeah. Okay. And Generation Z follows with 1997 to 2012. Gen Z, one more time. Gen 1997 Z. to 2012? Yeah. Thank you, Judah. Um, so the young Gen Zer is turning 12, the old Gen Zer is turning 27? Yeah. 27 years old. The old millennial is turning, <clears throat> goodness gracious, what, 44, 43? The old Gen Zer is turning 43? You mean the old millennials? The old millennial, thank you. The old millennial is turning 43, and the young millennial is turning 28. Yeah. So we have a clash of two generations. And we've seen this clash um, through technology, wellness, food and beverage, and housing. It's no secret that Gen Zer is entering the home purchasing era with arguably the most headwinds in American history. Yeah. Now, there are those in the Great Depression that may speak otherwise. We hear from the boomers of the world that wax nostalgic on 18 and 19% interest rates. The boomers that wax nostalgic on, there goes the mayor, on 18 to 19% interest rates. <coughs> we must highlight that home prices were sub $100,000 while those interest rates... Um, and, and a lot of families could get by on a single, a single income. Exactly. Now you have a household income median, according to HUD, of 123300 in Charlottesville, and that number's only getting higher. Yeah. So if you're born in this age range of 1997 to 2012, there's a bit of um, bitterness resonating in your mind. 
bitterness associated with a quarter million dollars of student loan debt in some capacity, bitterness resonating with the pandemic impacting your schooling, yeah. radically changing a few years of your schooling, bitterness resonating with the negative impacts of social media. You utilize Instagram and it seems like everyone on there is gorgeous and beautiful, muscularly fit and handsome. Bitterness surrounding the escalating rate environment and what that has done to housing, the cost of housing, and the diminished inventory levels. Go ahead. And not just housing. Oh, credit cards, groceries. I mean, Gen Z, the older Gen Zers um, enter the workforce and their professional lives at peak inflation. Yeah. So I want to unpack the behaviors that millennials, that Gen Zers, excuse me, some of the first behaviors that Gen Zers will kill that millennials established. Where would you like to begin with this topic? I have some ideas, but your opinion is extremely valued You're on this talk show. specifically things that millennials have established? Millennials established, right. Carly Wagner, I'm going to get to your... Uh, hmm. I think Carly Wagner's got a damn good comment here. Get ready to put Carly Wagner's photo on screen. Carly Wagner, I don't want to age you, Carly Wagner. On the cusp of millennial and Gen Zer, Carly, are you a zillennial, Carly? I'm sincerely uncertain of your age, Carly. I would say you are a very young millennial. Um, Carol Thorpe, we'll get to your comment here in a matter of moments. Judah, where would you like to begin? Well, I'm not sure how much I know in terms of what uh, millennials have uh, have started. Um, oh, you already got Carly's photo on screen. I like that. Okay. Um, do you have anything for me to go on? Uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm not... I would need like... A list of some of the things that millennials have begun. I mean, craft beer is certainly uh, a byproduct of millennials. Okay, you go to fair. any brewery out there and you see nothing but, uh, not nothing but, you go to any brewery out there and it seems to be like a playground for millennial parents with their children running wild in a muck around the brewery. Gen Zers, look at the data and the statistics, are not drinking alcohol at the clip that millennials did. Probably or do. Be, I, I wonder if some of that has to do with the visibility of everything we do in, in today's climate. Everybody's, everybody's taking videos. Everybody is, uh, uh, I think there's a lot more transparency to what people are doing than there was back in the day. That makes it, uh, I, I would think if I was coming up in this time, I would be a little more a little more uh, uh, cautious, cautious, wary of uh, of you know. You got you kind of have to look over your shoulder to make sure nobody's pointing their uh, pointing their phone at you, taking a video of uh, whatever you're doing. Hundred percent. Carly Wagner watching the program. I want to get to her comments. If smartphones, iPhones were around when I was coming up in high school or college disastrous for yours truly the level of mischief and tomfoolery 
that uh, I was involved in, 100%. Carly Wagner says, having babies. Birth rates are plummeting. Gen Z is also rejecting marriage and monogamy, apparently. A lot of truth to that. She says, um, millennials spent way too much on weddings, and now micro-weddings are big things. I wonder if a lot of that, too, has to do with, uh, with the cost of things. Uh, Gen Z is looking at, uh, you know, looking at housing, looking at, uh, you know, looking at something like uh, a, a marriage planner and going, how, you know, how are we supposed to afford this? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm honestly not surprised that they're, uh, that they're rejecting a lot of the traditional, uh, the traditional things that, uh, that cost money. I would guess that they're probably also not buying, uh, diamond rings for, uh, Diamonds are being impacted. Yeah. Yep. I would imagine they're not getting, uh, you know, they're probably not buying the most expensive, you know, gold, uh, wedding rings after they've, uh, after they've decided not to go with the the diamond engagement ring just another way to i mean you know like you said they're rejecting children it's probably because the acronym dinks dual income no kids very prevalent with young millennials and old gen zers dual income no kids almost need to be a dink and just to be able to make it in charlottesville these days exactly John uh, Blair watching the program. He's got look, some ideas. Yeah, looking at all those costs, looking at housing, looking at uh, the cost to get married. I, it's you know, what are you going to do when you decide to start having kids? And you're looking at your income and saying, how do we make this work? I mean, we saw it over the course of uh, we saw it over the course of uh, the pandemic when a lot of people stopped uh, stopped doing daycare, and I think a lot of a lot of couples probably looked at their finances and said, look, we're paying, you're going to work just to pay for someone to watch our kids. Why not just stay home and save that money? Kevin Yancey watching the program. Let's get Kevin's photo on screen. What is Kevin in the power rankings? We're updating the power rankings in real time. Kevin, uh, you can find the power rankings at ilovesevil.com forward slash viewer rankings. We've heard already from Carly Wagner, number three in the poll. She says she's 38 years old. I would not have guessed a day over 30, Carly Wagner, and I sincerely mean that. Um, Kevin Yancey watching the show, number 11 in the power rankings. Put Kevin's photo on screen if you could. Kevin says, how can Gen Zers see marriage's stability with the majority of Gen Zers Having parents that were divorced. Great, great yeah. comment right there. The divorce rate in America, right around 50%. Now, items impact the divorce rate, socioeconomic status being one of them. Mm-hmm. If you are a product of divorce, you're also more likely to get divorced, the, the uh, data suggests. But Kevin makes a strong comment right there. John Blair, get his photo on screen, number two in the family poll. In the family rankings, John Blair says Gen Z is going to kill the television network. My son and his friends, and really almost anyone under 20 years old, has almost exclusively watched YouTube and streamers for their entertainment. Hard for me to believe that the traditional television network will survive. 
As to millennials, I think their love of soccer is not translating to any other age group. Football is now king in America. Hmm. MLS, which millennials tried to make a major sport, just is not doing it in terms of TV ratings. John Blair, excellent comment from John Blair. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, um, I don't know anything about soccer. I don't, I don't know that I would place uh, the death of television directly on on Gen Z's shoulders. I think it was on the way out with a lot of the. I mean, I cut the cord years ago. I'm sure you did as well. And oh yeah. At some point, you just have to say it's not worth it when the cable company is charging you a hundred bucks for, like, what maybe a couple channels that you want to watch uh, a few times a week. It just uh, it doesn't make any sense. Olivia Branch highlights this. Let's get Olivia's photo on screen. Olivia is a very important member of this family. Um, Olivia Branch, I'm looking at the power rankings right now. Olivia, you need to climb the rankings. In fact, Olivia is climbing the rankings today. Um, she's 23 in the power poll, and 23 is not um, an indication of her performance of late with offering commentary and ideas. Olivia Branch needs to slide into she's going to make a, a significant leap are you ready for this judah do you need a pen i have a pen if you need one i think i do you need a pen yeah. there you go there you go good catch judah um let's slide olivia branch this is a big time jump from 23 into the 13th slot olivia branch now number 13 in the power rankings will slide 13 to the 23 spot olivia branch says Speaking of weddings locally, the calendar is strong. As someone who dabbles in weddings, the 2024 industry looks strong. Many venues are sold out. I'm very curious of, first, the craft beer scene. Huge, very passionate of craft, craft beer. I've said many times on this show, I love to support the craft breweries in this area. I love Pro Renata, Dr. John Shave. Um, is a, a frequent watcher and viewer of this talk show. If he's watching now, I would love to hear his uh, thoughts on some of the topics we're talking about. Bob Shada says, Olivia Branch is number one. I do not care what the power poll says. <laughs> is Bobby Shada in the power rankings? Uh, I don't think we've got him on there. Bobby Shada needs to be in the power rankings. He's going to enter at the 34 spot. Bob Shada at the 34 spot in the family. Love Bob Shada. I'll, I'll dub him the mayor of Vivace. It's either Keith Clark or Bobby Shada as the mayor of Vivace. I'm going to go Bobby Shada for now. Um, the craft beer scene is um, something that was birthed thanks to millennials. It's no secret that it's a key aspect of our economy in central Virginia. You go to a brewery you see younger parents having beers, pints, with their children running around. It's a key demographic of breweries locally. It's no secret that many of the breweries in this area are now diversifying their liquid portfolio. And it's not just a focus on IPAs and craft beer. Now breweries are dabbling in seltzer, Liquor Distillery, and N.A. Beer. Mm -hmm. Ten years ago, it was craft beer. You had a handful of IPAs as your flagship, and you 
could have done very, very well. Now, if your focus is strictly IPAs, you're, you're in a little bit of difficulty. Though I still see way too many IPAs out there. I'm a huge IPA fan. I, I love the IPAs. I know you're not an IPA fan. I get it from your position. It's too hot before you. Deep Throat will get to your comment in a matter of moments. Look at what Three Notch is doing. I think Three Notch is one of the, um, the beer brands that has done an extremely great job of pivoting and adapting. No doubt. They went from a tiny brew house, brew pub, tap room, brewery mm-hmm. on Preston Avenue mm-hmm. where McGrady's Irish Pub used to be to now having Commonwealth-wide tap rooms, Virginia Beach, Charlottesville, Harrisonburg, just to name a few, Richmond. They brew their beer. They distribute beer. They have a fantastic kitchen with fantastic food. They have great pick-up-and-go. In fact, Judah was just there buying beers today. Tuesday's a great day to buy beer at Three Notch. Definitely. They purchased the, the uh, Wild Wolf Brewing Company mm-hmm. location, news that was broken here on the Isle of Seville show. At that location, you're going to see a distillery. You're going to see an omni-experiential point of sale that has a tap room, a restaurant, running, live music, 5K races. They got into seltzer. Their bourbon that they're making is pretty damn good. Mm. Diversifying revenue streams while still maintaining the same quality of craft beer. That is very difficult to do. Yeah. They've done it well. They've built a brand. And they've also got a lot of great drinks. I mean, when you get right down to it, you go to some places and sure they've got uh, you know, they've got good selection, but you try it out and it's just you know it's not that great and i can't think of i can't think of a beer i've had at uh, at uh, three notch that uh, that wasn't a great representation of its kind well said carly wagner says cheerleading is dying it was mm. such a thing for me as a kid to be a cheerleader and even in college i had friends that were nfl cheerleaders However, now the entire idea that girls should be pretty and sexualized is being rejected by Gen Z. Gen Z leading the charge for hybrid and or 100% work remotely. Hmm. Gen Z leading a technology charge. Gen Z leading a wellness charge. Deep Throat, let's get his photos on screen. He's number one in the poll. Gen Z maybe will be less eager to blindly borrow for useless advanced degrees. Yeah. Older Gen Z's, Gen Zers, saddled with student loan debt. Yeah. Will the younger Gen Zers learn from millennials and the older Gen Zers and snub their nose? At higher education. And what will that do to colleges? <clears throat> New York Deep Throat says, and what will that do to colleges? 100%. New York Fed study of household balance sheets. This is from Deep Throat. <clears> throat> 18 to 29-year-olds have $320 billion in student debt. 
the 30 to 39 year old has 500 billion in student debt from the New York Fed due to jump into that. <coughs> Excuse me. I'll give you that number again. This is from Deep Throat. Finance is his game. 18 to 29 year olds, according to the New York Fed, have $320 billion in student debt. 30 to 39 year olds have $500 billion in student debt. That's terrifying. Yeah. Warrior AG says Gen Zers and the value of the dollar. Does the dollar still mean anything? I was stopped by a houseless individual two days ago. Mm -hmm. It was not, do you have any change to spare? She asked me, do you have $5? Yeah. Do you have $5? Right. I don't even have, I don't even carry currency. Is the next thing that we're going to be asked by houseless individuals, can you Venmo me $20? I wouldn't be surprised. Can you Venmo? Seriously, I sincerely say mean that. Yeah. What does a dollar buy? You know, I, I bought a Butterfinger at the Market Street Market next door. It was a buck sixty-five for a Butterfinger candy bar. What does yeah. a dollar buy? Not a whole lot these days. What, I sincerely mean that. What can you buy with a dollar now? I honestly don't know. I mean, uh, can you buy a pack of gum for a dollar? I haven't. I've never been a gum chewer, so I I couldn't tell you. But yeah, nothing in the nothing on that. You know, you look at all the candy uh, <clears throat> on the racks as you walk through the grocery store, and uh, there's nothing there under a buck. Carly Wagner says, "Hopefully, Deep Throat is right." Ginny Hu is watching the program. Ginny Hu is a key member of this family. Number. Four in the power poll, Ginny Hu. She says, I see Carly's comment. There is definitely a group of Gen Z who want to destroy society, but I think we need to dig deeper and look at which generation influenced that behavior. There is a large, non-vocal part of Gen Z that are rejecting the craziness. Hmm. Ginny Hu says, TV networks are already dead. Albert Graves, let's get his photo on screen, please. Albert Graves is a valuable member of this family. Where is he in the power pool? Number 10, Albert Graves. The restaurant scene will definitely be reduced due to Gen Gen Z loving all the food delivery services available at their fingertips. That's an excellent comment. I'm going to retweet this. The restaurant scene will definitely be reduced due to Gen Z loving all their food delivery services available at their fingertips, preferring to have their food in the comforts of their home while streaming Netflix or YouTube, food delivered through a third-party app like Grubhub or Uber that is crushing restaurants with fees. And the strange thing about that is with all of the frugality uh, coming, you know, coming from, uh, from Gen Z in terms of, you know, rejecting school, rejecting uh, home ownership, or at least not being able to get into home ownership, rejecting, you know, expensive, expensive marriages. Uh, it's strange that, uh, they're very free at times with their money. Um, you know, I never get food delivered. 
I don't usually I don't usually eat out a whole lot, but when I do, I don't normally get the food delivered because that's you know you're adding an extra what probably five to ten dollars to a your, significant amount to your the price of your meal plus tip of the driver. Yeah, exactly. Bob Shada says, "Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. I'm not the mayor of Vivace. Keith Clark is the mayor of Vivace. <laughs> Bob Shada, you're in the power pool rankings. I'll give Keith Clark." the moniker of mayor of Vivace. Bob Shada is vice mayor of Vivace restaurant. I love when you watch the show, Bobby Shada. Probably wearing a rowback right now, a quarter zip rowback or a rowback uh, golf shirt as we speak, Bobby Shada. James Watson is watching the program. Olivia is very happy to be number 13, Judah. Make sure we update the power ranking. Olivia mm-hmm. Branch, her star is rising fast in all aspects of her life. James Watson is watching the program. James Watson is number five in the power rankings. We've had one, two, three, four, five. Nine, Carol Thorpe, I'll get to your comments. Albert Graves and then Kevin Yang. We have almost 75% of the top 11 commenting so far. You guys are the best. Uh, James Watson says, one could say that we, may be over, we might be oversaturated with breweries, even though they're all cool, and they've always been great places to let your kids run around while you have a drink. 100%, James. 100% mm-hmm. agree with that. 1,000% agree with you. I, 99.9% of the time, I agree with James Watson 1,000% of the time. <laughs> James Watson is a smart man. I, I agree with that comment. I mentioned this live on air. How will it pertain to Charlottesville? I think it'll pertain to Charlottesville Gen Z impacting restaurants and staffing associated with restaurants. The tenure and longevity of restaurants, I think Gen Z will impact by liking or enjoying food delivered to their house. I think the media landscape is going to change, has already drastically changed. You see on Reddit the $30 ask for a monthly subscription to the Daily Progress. I would bet you paying... and, and This information is readily available. In fact, Deep Throat has shared this with me in the past. Deep Throat, if you have that data, I would love to know the amount of actual paying subscribers of the Daily Progress. I would bet you the amount of paying subscribers of the Daily Progress is under six or 7,000 people in this market. That's Gen Z impacting, millennials certainly impacting as well. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see what happens with craft beer. I'm curious to see if weddings will be impacted. The micro-wedding certainly a thing. The wedding supply chain is massive. Yeah. I'm curious to see what happens with the commercial real estate. If the Gen Z insistence of hybrid and remote work further diminishes the demand on commercial real estate, what's that going to do to areas like downtown that rely on the towers being filled with people to keep lunch spots open? It's no secret that Blue Ridge Country Store is in some financial difficulty. Deep Throat says, total circulation is uh, (coughs) 11,000. But a lot of that is a newsstand, which is mostly fish wrap, he says. The actual subscription is more like 6,500 people. Hmm. 6,500 people subscribing to the local newspaper. Yeah. And how many of those are passing away each day? Right. Not to be, 
<coughs> morbid, just realistic. Yeah. I mean, newspapers used to be uh, pretty much ubiquitous in most households. I mean, I remember delivering I newspapers. I love delivering newspapers, newspapers as, a, as a kid. Um, loving the Sunday funnies. The Sunday funnies. What was your and, favorite comic? Uh, probably Calvin and Hobbes. Mine was that Dennis was... the Menace. You're not surprised by that, are you? Not really. I was never really a big fan. You don't like Dennis? He's kind of a little... Nah, I, I, I don't mind it. <coughs> what? He was mischievous. He was a menace. <laughs> yeah. I always drove Mr. Wilson crazy. He was always up to no good. Slingshot in his back pocket, dirty overalls, shoe, shoes untied, hair frazzled, always looking to drive Mr. Wilson crazy. Love Dennis the Menace. Carol Thorpe, let's get her photo on screen. Carol Thorpe is number nine in the power pole. She said, Jerry, did you see, speaking of media, did you see yesterday in the city council meeting that city council unanimously approved the spending of $4 million of expiring federal funding earmarked for COVID relief on a piece of property for undesignated purposes and for salivating how to spend a local $20 million budget surplus. In other words, what they overtax citizens rather than return it to taxpayers. 5-0 vote for both New Year, New Council, same old nonsense. That's mm. the uh, homeless shelter on Avon. You still got that photo you can put on screen? The Google map or the photo from Google Street View? Let me check. We mentioned this last week on the I Love Seville show, if you remember. I do. You do? Yeah. Here's the photo. So which, what are we looking at right now? This is the, uh, the building, the old bike, uh, what was it called? Oh, Community Bikes. Yeah, Community Bikes on the corner of, uh, is that 9th and... I. 9th or Avon or whatever and uh, 405 Avon Street yeah Belmont gonna have a homeless shelter thanks to COVID relief funds here's the map I got no problem with uh, creating homeless shelters no one create a meme out of me or throw some shades about throw shade on me about that I got no problem about it Mm -hmm. you're gonna have a homeless shelter operated and funded by the city adjacent to Tony and prestigious $600,000, Belmont Tony and houses. I'm going to say that again. I don't think it's that close. What are you talking about, dude? This is Belmont. I, I still, it's, it's across Avon. I just don't see the... Well, we'll agree to disagree on that one. Yeah. Agree to disagree for the sake of a talk show. $4 million in COVID relief money. Spend it before it gets taken back. I mean, you might as well. I get that. I I get you might as well. But this was COVID relief money. Could the $4 million of COVID relief money been used better during COVID when the world was falling apart and businesses were failing and dying and small business owners were taking mortgages against their house, their homes, to keep their businesses afloat and their employees paid. Perhaps the, uh, the city council could have used this COVID relief money to drive a, um, a much more strategic approach to helping the downtown or locally owned businesses survive a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. Hey, what they did instead was bank the money in an account and utilize it to buy buildings 
from uh, the Redevelopment and Housing Authority, and now they're going to have a uh, housing uh, homeless shelter in a neighborhood of six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollar houses. There you go. That's literally happening. Thank you, Carol Thorpe, for that. Uh, Ginny Hu says, Bob Shotta, Keith Clark just celebrated his birthday as well. Ginny Hu says, my kids cover a wide span of the Gen Z years. Judah is right. My eldest is very frugal, shops, thrift stores, etc. Yet she'll drop money on food delivery. The younger two won't even spend money on that. Hmm. Warrior AG said, the top 97 of 100 most viewed TV programs last year were dominated according to the Nielsen ratings by the NFL and their teams. We learned that from Jerry Ratcliffe on the Jerry and Jerry show. 97 of the top 100 most viewed TV programs in 2023 were NFL contests. For your AG, I'm retweeting that. Hmm. Happy birthday, Keith Clark. Bill McChesney says it's the corner of Avon and Garrett Streets. Yeah. Deep Throat says, here's a shocking daily progress statistic for you from Lee Enterprises uh, 10K. Guess the average daily uniques of the Daily Progress website. Okay. He wants to ask the viewers, viewers and listeners. This is a question from Deep Throat, number one in the family. What is the average daily unique views of the Daily Progress website? Put your thoughts in the feed. I will relay them live on air. I'll, I'll also describe what a daily unique view is. A daily unique view is when an IP address associated with the computer goes to the newspaper website each day. If I go with this Apple, this MacBook Air that I have in my hand, and I visit dailyprogress.com on Monday at, at 10 a.m., and then Monday at 12 p.m., and then Monday at 3 p.m., and Monday at 6 p.m., that only counts as one daily active unique view. Only one. Is that number true, Deep Throat? Is that seriously true? No way. Oh my God, he's sharing the data. He's got the data. What do you think the daily unique visitors? We get more than this on I Love Seville. What is the daily unique view? Per day, though, per day. It's 330 per day? Oh, 1,000 uniques per day. A thousand unique visitors per day on the Daily Progress website. And he's got a graph that Lee Enterprises has to legally share. A hmm. thousand uniques per day. Think about that. It's not a lot. That's <clears throat> not a lot. No. One thousand unique visitors per day on the newspaper website. Dylan's rule, welcome to the broadcast. <clears throat> Dude, more and more I feel the pressure of this being the news source. You, Judah Wickhauer, as a news source. Yep. It's a scary world we live in. Deep Throat says that's an embarrassment. 
John Blair says, Carly Wagner is correct. Cheerleading is dying quickly, per someone I know who owns a cheerleading business in North Carolina. <laughs> Deep Throat throwing some shade right now at the DP. All right, we need to get to the Airbnb story. Kevin Yancey says, I bet most come from social media tags. Yeah, no doubt about it. The social media story, ironically, is from the Daily Progress. Do you want to put it in perspective, Judah? What you read today? Uh, Travis Hackworth in Danville says, newspapers are now basically something people use to clean their windows or use as piss pads for animals. Oh, it's heartbreaking for me. I love newspapers dearly. It's how I got my start professionally. Um, all right. I get, them for the, uh, I get them for the crosswords. We got a 1.30 meeting with the star of the Juicy Details, Hillary Lewis Murray. So we have 13 minutes left, and I want to get to a number of topics, including Dr. Tim Showalter, named the 2023 Innovator of the Year. First thing you got to do, my friend, is change the lower third. Airbnb is flouting the law in Seville and Almaro County, and then rotate the second one in on Airbnb. You set the stage of what you read. I will respond and react to you. So essentially the... uh Airbnb, unlike uh, VRBO, they are not. Uh, they are paying taxes, surprisingly, but they're not giving any. Uh, they they're not providing any documentation for any of the uh, the houses that uh, that are getting Airbnb'd out. Uh, so, the problem being, they may or may not be providing the right amount of of taxes that they owe. And I think an even bigger problem is that there's no way of knowing, uh, say, they, say they send taxes to, uh, to Charlottesville and taxes to, uh, to Albemarle County. There's no way to know whether or not they're uh, – there's no way to know that whether or not they're even paying the right taxes. Do they know the difference between Charlottesville and Albemarle County? Is Charlottesville getting shafted by not getting enough of the money and Albemarle County is getting some of that tax money? Is it the other way around? Uh, We have no way of knowing. And uh, as we mentioned earlier in the show, they are a monumental uh, goliath of a company. And so uh, who in in Virginia even is going to – is going to – Go toe-to-toe with Airbnb. Try to take them on. You have a number of storylines here. Airbnb is not potentially, potentially is a key word here, allocating the right portion of tax revenue of lodging taxes to jurisdictions everywhere. They're ambiguously just cutting checks to jurisdictions like Charlottesville and Almar County without clear itemization. Right. Here's what we owe you. They're just giving lump sums. Yeah. Very clandestine payment methods. And commissions of revenues, uh, commissioners of revenue in these jurisdictions are saying, we think they're breaking the law. And the same commissioners of revenue are saying, and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. A second aspect of this is the local jurisdictions seem to struggle to police the Airbnbs. Legally, you have to live in the, in Charlottesville and Almoro, you have to live in the unit half the year, 180 days to be able to Airbnb it. 
Some folks, however, have multiple units and are doing Airbnb arbitrage, where they're basically taking housing stock out of the for rent or for sale ecosystems and using it to maximize margin through short-term rentals. That's against the law. Yeah. You have potentially the law being broken at the top of the pyramid, at the top of the totem pole, by Airbnb corporate, by potentially not funneling the true tax revenue to the various localities. Mm-hmm. And then you have the law being broken at the bottom of the totem pole or the bottom of the period pyramid with Airbnb arbitrage where folks utilizing or, or taking more than one unit out of the housing ecosystem to rent and yeah. not living according to the law in the unit 180 days a year. If you lived according to the law, Judah, and you had to live in a unit 180 days to be able to rent, legally, how many units could somebody own for Airbnb? Two. Exactly. So anyone that is owning more than two and Airbnb being it cannot legally do that. Yeah. I ask this question, and if you want to change the lower third, what impact this is having on housing and the cost of housing. And I would venture to say that it has an impact for sure. The level we don't know. I don't even think the city realizes or, um, or county realizes the impact that Airbnbs are having on driving cost upward. I, I truly mean that. Deep Throat says this. Oh, he's done an Airbnb analysis. Nice. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. He says, why wouldn't Charlottesville go toe-to-toe with Airbnb? We have a city attorney. If Charlottesville's not getting the info they are supposed to, then sue. He said, as I've said many times before, there are plenty of companies that do Airbnb compliance for cities. I've emailed contacts to the city, but apparently sending an email is beyond beyond the Laura Jim. That's the head of the uh, neighborhood development services. Um, <laughs> deep throat. <laughs> He's making Judah laugh over. <laughs> they should enforce it. Yeah, they should get the data. They I should mean, police it. How much do they go after you and me uh, when they think our taxes are, you know, wrong? Significantly, on the regular. Bob Shada says, if you stop the Airbnb train, the wedding industry collapses around here. Not saying taxes should not be paid, but having to live in the unit is silly. Am I right about that or no? Doesn't forcing people to live in the unit cut down on... Uh, Airbnb arbitrage. On, on investors. It does. Buying up... Pro- what, if, you know, what if somebody with billions of dollars came in and bought every available not house good. on the market in Charlottesville... And what is that going to do to affordability? It would crush it. If there wasn't this law, Bob, of, of, of you have to live 180 days in the unit to legally run an Airbnb, you also have to get a business license, you have to have insurance. It's a lot of red tape. Um, if you didn't have that, you'd have people literally scooping up for sale inventory to turn into short-term rentals and hotels. And that would further escalate the cost of housing because we already have an inventory shortage. Imagine if you had 100, 150 Airbnb investors or more scooping up three, four, five units every time they came on the market. 
because yeah. Charlottesville's hot and it is a wedding industry mecca and it's an ACC sports town and it's an outdoor town. I'm Owen su- Brenner watching the program. I'm surprised nobody's come up with a way to get around that by, say, like, find someone that needs a, needs a place and say, look, you can stay here 100, 100, you can stay here half the year. Owen Brenner watching the program, he says this, on the other side, boys and gentlemen, Airbnb does allow folks to be able to afford their houses. Airbnb income also allows families to afford the crazy home prices in Seville. That's, that's certainly one side. But what are, those, what are those families doing? If you can't afford a house, are, you, are they really? No, he's basically saying if you own a house and you can Airbnb your room, a room in your house, you're able to subsidize your mortgage and the overhead associated with the house by renting out a room. Or if you go away for a weekend and you rent out your house for graduation weekend and you get top dollar, that graduation weekend uh, might be a mortgage payment that you get. Or it could be paying for the vacation that you go on while it's being right. used. So um, he's saying you have to consider it from this way. I have no problem with yeah. people doing it the right way where they're renting right. out a room or a house on a weekend just to offset the cost of housing. My problem is, is when folks are breaking the law and doing Airbnb arbitrage. Scott Harris watching the program. Are Airbnbs regulated by the county city where they have a database of Airbnbs in our area? I'm curious. They're supposed to be, Scott. That's a great question. They are supposed to be regulated by Albemarle County and the city of Charlottesville and other jurisdictions. But they are not. They don't have the staff to enforce the Airbnbs. In fact, there's one business locally that is building its entire building a model around servicing Airbnbs from helping people buy them to helping clean them to helping market and promote them. In fact, there are two companies that do that locally, and I'm not going to out anybody or out any brands or businesses that are doing that. Uh, we got a 130. We got to pick up the pace and tempo. They do do that, Judah. They hire designated agents. Uh-huh. That's from Carly. Um, all right. This is a topic. We'll bring the Airbnb topic up tomorrow. Tim Showalter was named the UVA 2023 Innovator of the Year. That's the police going by. Is that the Airbnb police? Definitely not. Is that the Airbnb police going to Rugby Road to pop some illegal Airbnbs? Tim Showalter, 2023 UVA Innovator of the Year. Can you get his photo on screen? It's not. I'll give you a little background. He's a friend of the program, Tim Showalter. Great guy. Great squash player. Great father. Great husband. Great innovator. Great businessman. Great doctor. This guy is um, a doctor at the UVA School of Medicine, a professor and clinician at the UVA Cancer Center, and he's been selected the UVA 2023 Innovator of the Year. A celebration of Dr. Showalter's work will take place February 8th at the Rotunda, and it's free and open to all UVA faculty, staff, students, and community members. Whitey Reed, who's one of the Virginia spokesman content creators, uh, gives us that information. Tim Showalter is being um, recognized this for a cervical cancer treatment device from his company. A cervical cancer treatment device for his company. Nice. We should get Tim on the show. 
I think Tim would come on this program. He's a very likable, likable guy. Very approachable and likable. I might actually reach out to him to see if he'd come on the show and just like sit and host the show with us one day. His daughter, a fantastic uh, squash player, Lillian Showalter. She's very, very good. She's better than me. She's, I think, a junior in high school. Nice. Um, I don't think he's related to Buck Showalter, the baseball manager, Carly. I do not believe he is related to Buck. Um, French fries. We can't just say Riverside. I saw on Reddit, Timberwood uh, Grill, no, Timberwood Tap House Hmm. was being uh, highlighted as a talented French fry in the community. I do love the shoestring fries from Riverside. Yeah, they are. But you have to give me some other ones besides just that. Scott Harris, we appreciate your comments. I haven't, uh, I, haven't tried, I haven't tried many French fries around Charlottesville in quite a while, but uh, one place that absolutely surprised me was uh, uh, I don't I don't always go for uh, go for the the thick uh, the thick steak fries, but the uh, the thick fries at uh, the Shell Station. Oh, I would never have guessed across that. Across from uh, across from on Fifth Street. No, on uh, on Preston. That's a Tiger Fuel Market. Is it now? The one over there by Bodos. Yeah, I think you're right. That's Tiger Fuel. I that's don't go there very often. I don't. I'm not usually I over in that neighborhood. Shell. But I've stopped there and and grabbed some some chicken and and some sides. And those fries are top notch. Okay, I haven't had them. Maria Marshall Barnes is watching the program. Can we get Maria Marshall Barnes's photo on screen? Number 32 in the family. She says Five Guys fries are great and Tubby's french fries are great on High Street. Bill McChesney's photo needs to be on screen. Bill McChesney is a very important member of this family. Number 15 in the poll. He says Tip Top has fantastic french fries, fellas. Tip Top. Hmm. My my number 1 is Riverside. I agree with the Redditors, and it's crazy for me to say that out loud. Uh, Timberwood uh, Tap House and Fifth Street Station are excellent. I think the French fries at Birdwood Grill are who, fantastic. Who was I getting up? Uh, Bill McChesney. Oh, yes. I think the French fries and the steak, steak frites from Petit Poire are excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Harris says, I appreciate the input. I own a small transportation company that is a hot item with Airbnbs. Yes, I pay all my taxes and commercial insurance that skyrocketed this year, killing me, but Charlottesville keeps me busy. Owen Brenner says, so all these Airbnb rules to control the big guy is just hurting the small guy. Appreciate that. I I, I totally get that. Um, And that's generally how it happens, unfortunately. Yep. It's generally how it happens. All right, we have a 130 that may be waiting for us in the hallway. It's the star of the Juicy Details. Uh, Hillary Lewis Murray, her show airs Wednesdays at 2.15 p.m. on the I Love Seville Network. Albert Graves says, PSA, there has definitely been an uptick in porch pirates in our area. Uh, Ivy Road in Nelson County, keep your eyes on your cameras. Yeah. And Albert Graves says, Judah is talking about the potato wedges, and they are delicious. They are amazing. The potato wedges. Albert Graves, you made the program better today. All you viewers and listeners made the program better. Judah and I are only here to be the facilitators and the conductors of you, the viewer and listener. The viewer and listener is the star of the show. You guys are the star of the show. Judah and I just want to have a discussion about topics that matter. Is that safe? Yeah. That's safe. I thought you did a fantastic job today. Thank you. Job well done. 
Um, all right, close it off. I'll kill some time. Thank you for joining us on the I Love Seaball Show.